interested. The opinions expressed in the following program are solely those of the host. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hi, it's not Dana Ah, yeah. Perhaps we should consider doing an episode on the voices. With all of its leaders, I'm glad you brought up the nation's capital, Soundwave. We should have seen that last one coming. How did how did Christian describe him? Um, I think he M's said voices. party on wheels. Hosted by Subscribe and visit but uh, he's not quite part of the C8. It's uh, an exclusive membership. You get part of it. It's more of a membership. June 28th, appear on the roof at 20 degrees. If only it would stop fucking raining every day, I'd be able to enjoy this great weather. Oh my gosh. A curse word at the beginning of the show. Oh, you gotta start the show off with a bang. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Okay, and we're back finally. So, so we gave your introduction a couple weeks ago. Yes, yes, we did. And uh, so, welcome again, Soundwave, to the show. Um, we have uh, Tito. He's been uh, spending more and more time on the compound compound these days, um, and you know, with this uh, with the summer weather improving. So uh, we just had to bring in a new replacement host in case uh, we have some new listeners out there. Um, and if we do have new listeners, don't forget to uh, go back to uh, the previous episode, episode 8. And uh, you can uh, get our introduction to Soundwave coming on to the show, which I entitled Inside Mission Control with Soundwave. Thanks for the introduction, Magnet. Yes, listeners. I am here on Voices to Fill In with the very large shoes of Tito while he runs around in sandals or flip-flops or something on the compound. I just hope he doesn't wear socks with those. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just got back from a a short tour of Ottawa, our fine nation's capital, and I must say it was really fascinating. Oh, yeah? It's quite unbelievable, the resources that are available to the city. Really? Museums everywhere. Really? Oh, yeah. They, They pour a lot of money in that city. Maybe because it's the capital. Yeah. So it looks it looks really nice when you're in the actual heart of Ottawa. Okay. And everything's in English and French. Oh right. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. around here. Everything is explicitly English, French. Yeah, yeah. So like everything's twice as long as it has to be. I see. <laughs> well, I remember going in grade seven, and you know, all you, what do you see? You see, I uh, was there for maybe two and a half days. You see the Parliament buildings, Parliament building, and uh, what else did I see? The Rideau Canal. Some waterfall. And I think that was it. So, well, you know, maybe I have to go on my own to really experience it. I would really highly, highly recommend visiting the city at least once in your lifetime. You know, it's like Mecca. You got to go at least one time. Yeah. Uh, well, perhaps we should consider doing an episode on the road. I'm glad you brought that nation's capital up, Soundwave, with all of its leaders, since today we have a very special guest interview. I figure we talk about... Aboriginal um, affairs, since Canada puts up with, uh, well, Canada has its affairs with its Aboriginals, and so does our special guest star here, um, John Howard, former Prime Minister of Australia. Yes. He's going to be discussing, well, we're going to be talking to him about 
uh, how he handled the uh, Aboriginal affairs in Australia. Well, wow, that's a really good idea. You know, he was in power for almost 12 years, and I think he oper he did overlap with certain presidents term in office. Oh, uh, I know what you're getting at. I really hope we get some new insight, and perhaps we can get some juicy stories about the growing legend that is Bill Clinton. <laughs> he certainly is a legend, um, but who knows? Maybe he's got some more free time now that he's not uh, campaigning for his wife. That's so. true, that's true. Maybe there's a little more uh, touring going on to the college campuses. Yes. Giving us uh, <laughs> lectures, as he likes to call them. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, lectures. Um, Mr. Howard, um, okay, Mr. Howard is going to come in. So I'm going to queue up the phone, and uh, let me just get on here. Uh, Mr. Howard. Uh, who's speaking? It's, uh, it's Tito from T&M's Voices with, uh, Soundwave filling in. Oh, okay. Goodbye. Oh, hello, Mr. Howard. Hello. It's, uh, it's Magnum from T&M's Voices with Soundwave filling in. How are you today? I'm fine, fine. Goodbye, sir. Good day. How are you two? Well, we're great. We're great. I have, uh, Soundwave, my, my fill-in pinch co-host, Soundwave. Hello, Mr. Howard. It's a pleasure talking to you today. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you too, Sarah. I was quite concerned. I'm making it to season three. As Tito does have his habit of going off for vacation to the compound. Yes, he does. He does. So we're just saying that he's on assignment somewhere off there, and and we we grabbed Soundwave to uh, fill in for him. Um, is it late? Down there, have we caught you, like, at a bad time? Well, it is about four in the morning, but then uh, I took a power nap this afternoon in preparation for this interview. So I am quite rested, alert, and ready to give you a good talking to. Oh, okay, I'm ready. I'm re we're ready. So, you know, as you know, we're calling in about Aboriginal affairs, first off. And uh, you probably, I don't know, have you been uh, keeping up with the Canadian news, Canadian media, about what's going on here? The big apology with, with uh, our uh, natives? Well, unfortunately, yes. Uh, only because once the uh, Aborigines down here in Australia got rid of it, they started uh, making an issue out of it over here as well. Oh, really? Yes, well, I'm not quite in power, but I've been hearing it from the sidelines. They're now Englishing our current Prime Minister to make a similar apology. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah, well, you know, we have some people that they're, you know, they're they're like, oh, you know, that's nice. And some people are like, oh, why, why bother? And, uh, you know, it's something that happened like, what, 100 years ago? I can't remember. But it happened sometime in the past. And, you know, it, it's not the current government's fault what happened. Like, how do you feel about this? How do you feel our government reacted? Well, there are certainly, what has happened to them was an atrocity. But, as you said, it was quite a long time ago. Yeah. And it's time everyone moved on. That's true. Um, not to take away from it, but you've got to move with the current times. I mean, look at this, in the U.S., they had the slavery Yep. And while no one recognizes slavery anymore, and while its repercussions are still uh, being felt, 
you do it to African Americans in, in, in the States wishing to return to their African roots permanently. <laughs> they don't try to make a fake and maintain a way of life that is no longer sustainable. Right. Right? Right. They are integrated with American society. They are, they are Americans through and through. And, and that's what these Aborigines have to come to terms with. Right. You cannot live on a scrap of land without any resources. Right. Being constantly upheld by the government. Without any mental stimulation, they they they, they like the, the claim to be trying to maintain a way of life, but they're not maintaining it. No, no, no. It, it's just not possible. Uh, it, it is different nowadays. It, it's not uh, you know the 1920s where they can you know shoot and hunt and all that stuff. No, now everything's so convenient. The liquor store, beer store, grocery store. <laughs> You know what I mean? Precisely. There's no living in wigwams anymore. They're fighting for survival. I mean, constantly struggling with mental stimulation of for, for ancient uh, Aboriginal societies. Yep. But that's, that urge has been removed these days. Right. And therefore, they have nothing to do in a reserve. Right. There are some jobs, but it is not an industrial area. No. Nope. They cannot uh, keep themselves busy all the time. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I don't know about yours, I think, uh, I believe, you know, ours like farm tobacco and stuff, like, I mean, they, they have their own tobacco products and all that. That's true, but unfortunately, when the reserves were located so many years back, they did not give, they did not allocate them good land. Oh. It's not really, there isn't anything up there. And this is the same thing in Australia? That is true. The Aboriginals were, unfortunately, scammed out of the good land. And we moved off with the hopes that they would one day no longer exist, unfortunately. Uh, that was the original mentality. Right, right, right. That they would eventually literally go extinct. Oh. They thought that, eh? Yes, yes, oh. they did. Well, that's not really good, I think. Well, Mr. Howard, um, how have you been, uh, well, just to... Uh, how have you been, what have you been trying to do to alleviate the uh, Aboriginal uh, suffering? Well, we have been trying to make it a little easier for Aboriginals to move back into the city. Uh, education benefits, they have to help them modernize. We have certain specialized loans for them to be able to buy houses. Are these tax-free no. loans that they have to pay back? Uh, they are tax-free Interest, very low interest. They're really interest-free. Uh, unfortunately, the public would not really approve of it. Right. But uh, there are very low interest rent loans. Uh, it, it's understandable. You cannot throw debt on people who are uneducated and uh, are unemployed. Right. And uh, you can throw all the interest you want at them. You're going to make, you're going to make the money back. That's true. That's true. So there's no point drawing these people under debt under the pretense of trying to help them. Now, do the Aboriginals in the, the States, uh, I'm sorry, in Australia, do they pay sales tax? I, I believe they do on certain, pro, certain, uh, certain pro, uh, products. Oh, okay. Some products they do, non-essentials they do, okay. but uh, basics they do not. And they have the right to vote and all that. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, okay. they do. They are original citizens of Australia. They're just called Australia. <laughs> just in case, you just know. I mean, case. you know, slaves couldn't vote before, but now they can. And well, there were slaves in one time as well, unfortunately. But uh, we've moved. We've definitely moved that past that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Uh, are you still involved? Like, do, do you ever uh, get uh, consulted on on Aboriginal affairs? Well, the, old, uh, the current Prime Minister, being from another party, doesn't really speak to me very much. But uh, I do consult with my current party uh, on uh, any, any current bills they feel that they would like to propose. So, do they make a large portion of the vote uh, of the voting public? Uh, no, they don't. Unfortunately, they're a greatly reduced number these days. Oh, so uh. it's not a big deal if you do, uh, you know, try and. Uh, eh, what's the word? Introduce, you know, legislation that favor them. Ah, uh, no, there's really no. I can probably put a little advantage to, uh, to them. It's it's all, uh, it's all to the the, the, the population that uh, sympathizes with them, really. Oh, uh, okay. Really, it's not it's not quite the uh, Aboriginals themselves, but the sympath the sympathizers. Right, right, right. <coughs> Sorry, it's a little dry down here in Australia. <laughs> Well, it's good heat down there, from what I understand. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Quite good. Quite, since it's your summer right now, it's quite cool here in Australia. Oh. Australia, because being on the southern hemisphere, gets summer in the middle of your December. Okay, and you guys get snow. Uh, certain parts do more than nine, more than nine areas, but mainly even our winter is quite warm. Yeah. You've never seen Australian uh, Santa Claus with full regalia. <laughs> and that's the only Santa Claus in the world that has shorts. <laughs> oh, and flip-flops? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, but they're really good. <laughs> so, Mr. Howard, let's, uh, let's talk about Australia. Now... From what I hear, whenever I walk into our liquor store, uh, the LCBO, um, I notice that there's a lot of uh, Australian wines and how there's a lot of, you know, uh, promotion. Like it's it's building, um, like Australia has been building its reputation as a wine-producing country uh, and as a major industry. Have you been uh, called upon to help promote it overseas? Yes, I do so frequently. A lot of people in this country poo-poo Australian table wines. This is a pity. There's many four Australian wines, but they appeal not only to the Australian palate, but also to the conversation of Great Britain and the rest of the world. Oh, interesting. I myself enjoy a good glass of wine every once in a while. Could you give us your opinion on some of your favorite wines? Well, yes, I could. Uh, Old Spring Smoker, 1968, has been compared favorably with a Welsh Claret. Yes, the Australian Warrior Society thoroughly recommends the 1972 Cock or Rod which will mean and believe me as a kick on it like a mule. Any bottle of those and more who may finish. I'd be hoping that a stupid bridge club they were fishing out of the main sewers every half an hour. No, 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 I couldn't believe it. Of the sparkling ones, the most famous is Perth Pink. There's a, there's a bottle with a message in it, and that message is beware. <laughs> this is not a wine for drinking. This is a wine for laying down in a garden. No way. Oh, well, I'll remember that. I mean, I certainly took note of, uh, of what you said there. Uh, see if I can find them at the liquor store just to sample. Because all I've tried is homemade wine and, and uh, wines that people bring over as gifts. I really don't go out and buy my own wine. Um, but... Uh, like uh, you know, like I said, I do enjoy a nice glass once in a while, so uh, I'll be sure to check that out next time I hit the liquor store. Well, it's a, it's, it's a pity because the uh, Niagara region has quite a quite a fine selection of wines. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, have you seen Niagara wines down there in Australia? I've tried to visit uh, Canada every once in a while. Now that I've learned a lot of power, I try to uh, try to make my visits more frequently. Uh huh. Yes. 
So you have visited Canada? Yeah, all the time. I go to uh, the upside to visit my old friend Jean Cretin. Cretin? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Jean Chrétien? Were you two close friends? Uh, yes, yes, it's quite... Uh, we're both uh, part of the notorious C8. Don't you mean G8? But I don't think Australia was part of the G8. No, no, no. The notorious C8 was the nickname of the crew of world leaders that tore up the local pubs of the whole cities of those delegations. <laughs> Usually they get four or five less at any Oh my gosh, would you perchance be able to enlighten us as to these other members of this notorious C8? Well, well yes, there were eight core members, and the associated other world leaders that were part of this. But the main group was, as you know, myself and Jean, uh, Tilly Blair, you've interviewed him before. Yes. Uh, we also had the Prime Minister of Italy, Silvio Berlusconi. Yeah. I think I've got his name. You yeah. just call him Sir. Yeah. I just call him Sir. Yeah. We uh, have Jack McDonough, First Minister of Scotland, uh, Bernie Lehman, Irish Minister for Arts and Culture, and finally uh, the boomer himself, Bill Clinton. Oh, you know, you know, we should have seen that last one coming. How did Mr. Gretchen describe him? Uh, party on wheels. Yeah, party on wheels. But but strangely, Al Gore does, seems to be missing from your list. Could you comment on that, Mr. Howard? Well, certainly. You see, he was only vice president, so he couldn't quite be a full member of the C8. Uh, but he did roll with us, so he was like an ordinary member. Ah, uh, okay. And, and what about uh, Bernie Ayern? Um, he wasn't the leader of Ireland. Why is he a member? Well, you see, from now to now, you've been a president. The president of Ireland's been a sheila. <laughs> so, I had to make some concessions. <laughs> uh, now, b by sheila, you mean a woman, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's the first two rules of the CA. One, no puftas. And two, no sheilas. Besides, as Minister for Arts and Culture, he was quite close with you two and their lead man, Bono, I'll tell you. When he wasn't running around Australia, after Africa, he was a hard-drinking bastard in his own life. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, so would you happen to have any stories that we can add to our Clinton collection? You know, it, it seems that whenever he's around... A party is sure to follow. It's it's like magical Jesu essence. Well, as an officer of the Senate, I can't quite reveal any specific frivolities with the Sheila, as most of these members are still alive and married. But I do have some human story about Bill Guy. Oh my goodness, I was in the laboratory in one of the Bible visitors in Germany. And as you know, they served beer in huge glasses, so trips to the WC were quite frequent. Anyway, I was washing my hands, and in comes Bill to be the lizard. As he was doing his business, in comes a delegate from Spain, who is a little more tipsy than he expected to be. So he starts to piss at the piss at the year off quite halfway across the room and he's getting pissed all over the place. Uh, and while he's doing this, he starts to believe Clinton and our Spanish men are such great lovers since they seem to have such much bigger equipment and such. And meanwhile, I'm washing hands for the 15th time just so I can 
see how this turns out. Look at that big bit of Pokemon. <laughs> oh, he does. He, he throws that massive trouser stick over his shoulder, puts his hands in his pocket and says, That's not a cock. This is a cock. <laughs> and he tucks it back in his pants, rushes up, and the two of us go back to the party, leaving the Spanish bastard behind us with his dick in his hands and the biggest look of shock on his face. That is like one of the best stories we've ever heard here on TNM's Voices uh, with special guest host Soundwave. That is like amazing Soundwave. What do you think of that story? Oh my god, this is what we've been trying to get at <laughs> for years, I mean, for months. We've been trying to dig at the, those who might have been closest, and here we've just got a gold mine of info. <laughs> that is clearly the best story I've ever heard. That is, yeah, that is like amazing. <laughs> I'm still laughing. I can't stop laughing. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. That Bill Clinton truly is a growing legend. Yeah, here, yes, right? yes. Mr. Howard, are you still with us? Yes, yes, I'm on here, I'm here. We've got a president, special presidential line. It's rock solid. Oh. Yes. Uh, so you can call me and uh, then you will not get disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Now let me collect myself here. Now we, uh, okay, okay, okay. We've collected ourselves. We're going to, we're almost at the end of the show. So what we're going to do is we're going to quickly do the uh, one and only word association game. The original word association game found here only on TNM's Voices with Soundwave filling in. <laughs> yes, yes, I can't wait. Um, so, Charlie, good, Charlie, good. I've been, I've been waiting for this. I was hoping that it was going to go too long. Oh, right. Do you, were you looking forward to the uh, word association game, Mr. Howard? Oh, yes, oh, yes. All the guests have such a jolly good time. I didn't want to say it on the phone. All right. Well, I got my list ready, so whenever you're ready, I'm going to start. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Red. Chicks. Panties. Sheila. Sheila. <laughs> Skid. Tires. All right, all right. Snowball. Spit. Oh. Lizard. Clinton. You're pretty quick on these. <laughs> Wet. Final word. Lips. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. Okay, Soundwave, can you fill in the air while I... Uh, Work on this. Yes, uh, yes, Magnum. Uh, while Magnum is typing, I'll have your questions and answers in the highly complicated uh, derivative-based uh, formula, uh, trying to give you a personality profile. It's high-level mathematics. We couldn't really explain it on the air. We're just not that kind of show. It's just too much math for this show. It's uh, <laughs> very technical, complicated, and would appeal to very little of the... Uh, of the readership. Plus, we don't want anyone figuring out good answers and trying to fake a very humorous personality profile. So, we have to keep that entire thing uh, under wraps. It's quite proprietary. So, um, any other uh, words while we're waiting for Magnum today? Well, um, yes, uh, I'm quite, I had quite a good time on the show today. It uh, was quite humorous. And uh, I'm glad we were able to uh, expand a little bit on uh, Clinton since you've been all eager. Well, it looks like, uh, thank you very much for that, but it looks like uh, Magnum is finished with his uh, word association profiling. I am. Uh, hit us with it, Magnum. Okay, here it is. Mr. Howard, here's your results. You and Clinton like to slap the wet cheeks of a Sheila on a set of snow tires. 
Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, that draws the end to episode 9 of TNN's Voices. Um, Soundwave, before we let Mr. Howard go, do you have anything to say? Uh, I'd just uh, like to thank Mr. Howard for taking time uh, out of his busy night. I know he had to especially prepare with a power nap for this, uh, for this episode. It is quite late in Australia. We do appreciate you being here, Mr. Howard. Hey, it's no problem at all. When I got your email, I was so excited. I could not wait. So I cleared my schedule today so I could sleep and be ready for the interview. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you once again, Mr. Coward. And uh, I guess uh, we'll, we hope to have you uh, in the near future back on to the show. No problem. No problem. Goodbye. Bye. Well, what do you think of that? That was really, really insightful. That's definitely one of the best interviews yes. we had. Yes, I think, and, and, and uh, you know, this is like your first official episode here. Okay, last week was just the introduction. Uh, sorry, last one was just the introduction, but this one here was like a smash. It was a home run. All right, I'm this. I'm really pumped up, getting getting uh, um, pumped up to get this out to the millions of listeners out there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I guess that's the end. This is the end of another episode, episode nine. Yes, another gold star episode. I think so. Of TNM's voices. I think so. This one here is uh, for the records, for the record books. I tell you. Um, so uh, what do we got? Uh, is it gonna, we're gonna just on the fly for next episode, or do we have anything planned? I don't think we've got any responses for next episode. We're gonna have to uh, follow up with some of our uh, world leaders and see who's next up that next okay. up at bat. So yeah. Um, okay then. Great. Okay. Well, Soundwave, thank you for joining us. No thank problem. You. No problem. Thanks Part for having team. me. Yes, it is. What a fine team it is. It is. It is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, we're your hosts, Soundwave and Magnum, signing off. Bye. Later. <laughs>